Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. According to a survey carried out by OnPost, 64% of 16 to 24 year olds have bought goods on the back of a recommendation from an inf- influencer or a celebrity. But to what extent, if any, are, re- are influences regulated? Orla Toomey is CEO of the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland. Good afternoon, Orla. Good afternoon. Uh, so, th- how do you, I suppose, first off, how do you define what is an advert or what is. Uh, or what is marketing? Because it's often, for, from, for influencers at least, it's kind of woven into their content. Yeah, of course. Of I mean, so for influencers, there's some content, or for people who have following, there's content that is just purely not marketing or advertising. But if essentially, if an advertiser has given them free product or paid them, and as part of that exchange, they are obligated to create content or to say certain things, mm. well, then that is advertising. That's commercial in nature. And that has to be disclosed. Right. Okay. How do you uh, ascertain that? Or, or, or is, it a, is, is there kind of an honour system where they have to admit that? Well, if we were to get a complaint about it, we do ask both parties, you know, what's the nature of your relationship? What's, um, you know, is there a contract here? Oftentimes it will be quite clear because the, ni- the type of content that the influencer is using would reflect the type of claims that the advertisers would be making themselves. Generally, we find that when we ask people what the nature of the contract is, they tell us mm. um, and then we can make a determination whether or not there's been adequate disclosure. Um, but then there's also the ta- there's type of content that influencers, when they're promoting their own brands, or their own services, or they're um, including an affiliate link in their in their content where they actually are the advertiser. Yes. There is no other third party involved, and they have to disclose that as well. Right. Okay. And but the, the, but there's no requirement on them to put up a hashtag saying this is sponsored or anything of that nature. Well, no, there is. The code requires that advertising should be clear that it's advertising. And I suppose, like, you know, obviously a a radio station, you go into an ad break, you tell people we're going into an ad break. It's clearly identified that there's going to be advertising. Um, But with influencer marketing, influencer content, because it can reflect their their natural content, then they have to disclose when it is advertising because mm. otherwise consumers shouldn't have to like, you know, be like Sherlock Holmes and getting the um, magnifying glass out to try and determine yes. themselves yeah. whether or not it's advertising. So there has to be disclosure unless it's absolutely crystal clear. And research that the um, that we've done shows that people tend not to be sure when it's advertising. And also the CCPC did research last year and it did show that there's there's some level of confusion amongst followers whether or not the content they're looking at is advertising. So we're working with the CCPC on joint guidance to, um, I suppose, streamline the requirements. Um, so instead of a lot of different types of disclosure, you know, there might be only two or three that will be acceptable. Mm-hmm. And that way we think it will raise the awareness amongst consumers that they're seeing advertising and it will raise the awareness amongst influencers, make it simpler for them to, you know, these are the ways you can you can disclose. Just use these and you'll be fine when it is an ad. Yeah, I, I suppose because the way influencers work and why they're called influencers is because they, they, to their followers, they seem more genuine human beings. And so if they say, I like this particular product or service, mm-hmm. they, their followers think, well, they actually mean that rather than they're just selling something like... Well, yeah, no, I I think, I mean, the whole 
concept of the evolution of this whole area was that, you know, people started off just doing things for themselves and they wanted to make their own views known and they were looking at products and what they like. For an influencer, and this isn't, I mean, for ASAI, what we're concerned with is that the advertising is disclosed and it's not misleading. Yeah. um, And it complies with the code generally. But certainly for influencers, if they want to be in doing this for a long time, they want to be making a real career out of it. They have to be honest and they have to they have to build that trust and transparency with their followers. So if they're liking, you know, uh, I don't know, three different brands of the same type of product mm. um, on subsequent weeks, people are going to say, well, which one do you actually like? Yeah. So there is a real benefit and incentive for influencers to actually be completely honest and transparent and only talk about the products that they would like anyway. Um, really? Put, I'm not saying that they all do it. Okay. But again, it's not a matter for ASAI. Actually, it's like me saying I have to like everything that's in the ad breaks <laughs> in between the program. No, but it is different. It's different because you're not, you're not promoting the products yourself, yeah. but influencers are promoting products. So, I mean, we've talked a lot in ASAI when we've talked um, at our various webinars and events and things like that. It's about building your own reputation. And, mm. and that's where the transparency is really important because if people don't like to think someone else is trying to pull the wool over their eyes. So if you're advertising to me, tell me, and then I can make a judgment as to whether or not I will be influenced by what you're saying. Yeah, sure. But if you're not going to tell me that you're advertising to me and I subsequently find out, I'm going to be peeved. So my, I always say to influencers, just just disclose. It's In the long term, it's the best thing to do. But you also have to remember that there's another party involved here and that's the advertiser, that's mm. the company. And under our code... Com- Advertisers have primary responsibility for ensuring that the advertising that they cause to be created is compliant with the code. And so advertisers have to make sure that if they if they do cause, you know, an influencer, they engage with an influencer to create content, they actually check to make sure that it's correct, that they actually check afterwards that it's posted, that it is actually disclosing properly, that the disclosure is visible and legible and easily understood. Mm. So I think, you know, a lot of the time when we talk about influencer marketing, it's as if it's all on the influencer. I mean, obviously, they're the one publishing the content, so they have a, a responsibility. But so do the companies that cause that um, material to be created. Yeah. Oh, and these deeds are often done uh through kind of third parties, kind of uh, advertising agencies or PR oh, yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Stuff. There's a whole, uh, anyway. there's a whole mix. Yeah, in, and a, a lot of influencers don't just. It's not they're just on YouTube. That a lot of them do podcasts as well, and it seems to be a, a common thing in podcasting that uh, podcasts can be sponsored, or the uh, um, the sponsor wants the podcaster themselves. It's a bit like on American radio, they'll say, you know, I'm going to have a delicious cup of you know, Barry's tea because it's the best tea ever and they want that to come out of the podcaster's mouth. Now, the podcaster might necessarily be a Barry's tea drinker. They might really be a a lion's tea drinker. Now, in that instance, are they breaking any code by saying that? I think if it's not clear that there is sponsorship and if it's not clear that that phrase is because of the sponsorship, well, then there's a potential issue because um, if you're Um, just... How do you make that clear? Well, I mean, at the top of the podcast, you you say this this is sponsored by Company X, and yeah. I'm going to. Um, I've I've heard examples where it is clear when you listen to it, you know that what's been said is because. And you know, I'm going to talk a bit about our sponsors' products now. Yeah, sure, that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. th- there are ways um, for people to do this. It's not. Um, 
you know, it's not that complicated. Yeah, but but the the individual talking about the sponsor's product, if the individual says, I really like this tea... Well, I will. Or, uh, they, uh, and, and they actually don't. Is is that breaking the code? Well, given that, um, and this is a hypothetical, obviously, yes, that we yes, actually yes. haven't come across this particular, but given that it is a, it is happening because of the sponsorship and it is a product, it's a claim that's been made because of the sponsorship. If it's if it's not true, um, yeah, there's potentially a problem with that because it's misleading. Okay, yeah. It's it different to difficult, an actor. Difficult different, to prove. Yeah, though, it's yeah. different like when you've got an actor saying something in an ad sure, because you know yeah. that that's an actor. But yeah. when it's a, it's a, a real individual. And it, if if there is a problem of any sort, it might necessarily be the tea problem I'm harping on about, but uh, the, the, what kind of penalties are there against influencers or, or, or the advertisers? Well, so essentially under the ASAI code, um, our main sanction is a requirement that the advertising be withdrawn or amended, if that's possible. And we also publish um, our our adjudications. So when the Complaints Committee make a decision, we publish those decisions. We publish them to our website and we also publish them to media and they get picked up by um, shows like yourself and by um, other media. Right, so it's, it's embarrassment rather than any legal force. For SAI, it is, yeah, it's name and shame. It's it's reputation. Yes. I would say it's yeah. more than embarrassment. It's about reputation. So, you know, you have it um, out there in the public that you've misled your audience because you didn't take the time to make sure that you disclosed properly. And and it, it, are you doing a lot of that now? Because I would imagine, because everyone's been talking about the, you know, the shift of advertising is kind of moving online mm-hmm. rather than, you know, from the kind of mainstream media. So are you having to deal with this kind of thing more and more? Well, certainly, I mean, like if we we wouldn't have been talking about this 10 years ago. Um, so it is definitely in the last um, six to seven years, something that's increased. Um, we get, we do get complaints from consumers about it. I think, um, the shift to online is more than the shift to social, though. Sure, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's the whole of yeah. the on- online ecosystem. And um, so, yeah, we, we are getting more complaints than we would have had a number of years ago and, and making adjudications. Mm. But I think what will be quite positive, what we're doing at the moment is working with the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, the CCPC, on joint guidance on disclosure. Because not only do you have to disclose because of the ACI code, but there's also under the Consumer Protection Act of 2007, there's a requirement on influencers when they are, when their content is commercial. So they've been either gifted something or they've been actually paid or benefited in kind to say something. They're acting as traders. And so they need, under the Consumer Protection Act, to disclose that it is actually advertising or commercial content that they're posting. Mm, and it's also income, it's something they have to, have to disclose as well. Well, that's there, a whole other but, but, issue. But, but then for them to be aware of this code, it must be difficult to keep up because every week there's a new influencer. And, and from what I understand of how it happens, somebody's kind of posting things online and not thinking much about it. They're doing it totally in an amateur. <laughs> and then suddenly you know, gradually they're offered things. The yeah. next thing they know, oh, this is actually a job. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, no, I mean, it is definitely, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, new people coming into into the, the whole influencer marketing system uh, all the time. So that's one of the things that when we have, as I said, we're working on this guidance at the moment. Um, and once we launch that, our intention is to do a fairly kind of, you know, um, detailed advertising campaign, awareness campaign, over a number of weeks, you know, we'll be talking maybe, you know, two two months so that we can actually, you know, target the 
consumers of the content, so the mm. audience, so they know, and also then in target the influence, target individuals who are creating content. Um, and we will we'll we'll see how we how that that pans out. But we're planning on on creating lots of different little tools to try and help people understand what is a commercial content and when should they disclose to make it as easy as possible for people. And I think it's important that like only 10% research that both ASAI and CCPC have done show that only 10% of consumers trust influ- what influencers post, which right. is, is very low. And so it is in it is in the interest. Well, that kind of contradicts what that UnPath survey was saying, because it seemed like there was a large number of people. Who because were- there's a, a nuance that the CCPC research also showed is that people generally have dis- distrust influencers generally. Right. But they've more trust in the ones that, that they, they follow. Like. Yes, I yeah. see what you mean. Yes. So it, there is a bit of a nuance there. but mm. and, and so that's why I think it's important, that what we think is important, that we do an awareness campaign so that not only do influencers understand what they are supposed to do, but that also their their audience, their followers understand what to expect. Yes. So, I mean, if everybody disclosed all the time, then you'd never have a question mark about something that didn't say hashtag ad because sure. you'd know it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Um, so that's that's... That's, you know, where we want to get to. Yeah, okay. We're not and, there and yet. Do you know how you're going it. to reach out to them? Are you going to get an influencer? Are you going to sponsor an influencer to reach out to influencers? And then they'll have to declare that you're actually telling them to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't finalised all the details yet, but we will be, be reaching out to the platforms to help us reach the people that we need to get our message in front of. Um, and yeah, we'll see how it, how it goes. Orla, thanks a million for coming in to talk to us today. That, uh, that was Orla Toomey there, CEO of the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.